All right, guys. Yes, we welcome to Below the Belt, publicist extraordinaire, originally from Baltimore, Maryland, yeah. now in sunny Los Angeles, California. Yeah, former guest co-host many yeah, times. Yes, she was a guest co-host uh, at least three, four times on yeah. the show, right? Anyway, she's here uh, to talk about a very important topic in the pop culture entertainment, and that's the Corey Feldman uh, situation with his documentary that just... Uh, premiered uh, this week, and we have her on the line right now, the one and only Sammy Roranch. What's up, Sammy? Hi. Hi, guys. How are you? Thanks for having me. Good to have you on Below the Belt. Of course, Chachi McFly's in studio, as well as my other uh, co-host, uh, Darth Wallace, Paul Darth Wallace. And how, uh, I am a Sith Lord. <laughs> well, hello. Hi. <laughs> So, um, Chachi, you watched you watch the documentary. I did, I did. Uh, I read about it. Um, I am shocked about some of the uh, names that were dropped. Obviously, the biggest one being Charlie Sheen. Um, the the um, allegations uh, that Charlie Sheen had uh, molested, uh, sexually assaulted Corey Haim when That's during crazy. their Lucas uh, yeah. filming days, which is so shocking because I know Charlie Sheen is this, we all know him as this womanizer, like vampire blood, tiger DNA. Dating porn stars, and he's HIV positive, isn't he? Yeah, he is now. Yeah. From 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 yeah, crazy, having yeah. sex with multiple women, so that that one came as as a big surprise, you know. I'd say um, out of all the names that were released in the documentary, you know, it's it's been rumored for a while. Um, there was a National Enquirer story. Um, Dominic Brescia, who's the other individual who, um, you know. I mean, Judy Haim confirmed and, and that he molested Corey Haim, and he said that Charlie Sheen did. Um, wow. So there's been rumors of this for a while, and, um, you know, for anyone that does go deep online, um, actually is being reposted today, Denise Richards, in, in one of her reports, um, alleged that she saw him looking at pictures of child pornography, specifically of, of young boys. Oh, wow. Um, there's also oh, an interview awful. with Lenny Dykstra, the baseball player with a Hollywood reporter. That's an interesting read. So, um, mm. so you know, I mean, there's, there's research online that, if you look, supports a lot of the things that were said in the documentary. Again, it's all, you know, alleged. Corey Haynes not here, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously I believe Corey Feldman, and that's why I'm part of it. Now, you were very close to um, Corey Haim back when he was alive. Um, did he confine in you any of this kind of information? You know, it's, it's hard to say that we were very close. We dated for a few months, and it definitely, I have no doubt in my mind that our time together meant a lot more to me than it did to him. Um, <laughs> but he did tell me, you know, I mean, in the documentary, because I am in it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's why he wanted you on. Where we were, you know, he was at my house, and we were going through my DVDs back before on demand was even really a thing. Um, and we were going through my DVDs and he saw Lucas and he had a, like a very negative, um, adverse reaction to it. Oh, wow. Which at the time, oh, you know, you never know, you know, why people don't like watching their movies or what they experience. So I didn't think too much of it. It just kind of sad and be like, oh, he doesn't like this film that I love so much for whatever reason. Um, 
he confided to me that he had been sexually abused. It was right around the time of the two quarries when they said that on the two quarries that they had both been abused. <laughs> um, but the main thing that he confided in me about and that I've said all along, and this was when he and Feldman were not speaking when they were in a big fight, and it was a year before he died, um, was that he loved Corey Feldman and that he would always love him, that they were brothers and bonded together forever because of what they had been through. And so when I started hearing reports that they weren't friends and that Corey Haim didn't even like him, um, Mm. that was the opposite of what he told me to my face. Mm. So, And I was so happy to see that they reconciled before he died. Um, That's good. They... You know, the last, there's like an interview, one of his last interviews where they're out together in Hollywood. And, That's cool. you know, thank God for that because I don't think that Feldman would have ever recovered had they not had those last moments together where they were back. You know, yeah. I mean, they always knew that they would, but what if they had it? Yeah. Right, that would have been horrible. And it happened like shortly after the, the season of uh, Mike Tukori's. Um, Aired, right? Not too long after that, right? Where, uh, yeah. Jeez. Talk about the timing of that. It's just really yeah, crazy. Yeah, what's weird is, like, so I remember first Googling this um, when I, I was trying to figure out, like, who might have um, molested Corey Haim. And I remember seeing, like, on different message boards, some people bringing up Charlie Sheen. And this was before the, um, this was even before the Inquirer article about Charlie oh, wow. Sheen. So, like, I'm thinking the rumors had to be out in Hollywood for a long time that, that this happened. Um, so why do you think, like, even even now after this documentary, I see some articles about um, Charlie Sheen, some people some people attacking him on social media, but, like, I still don't see, like, the really, the big um, outcry in the same way where if an actress would say, like, um, somebody in Hollywood raped her or whatever, a famous star raped her, that you'd see a lot more, like, like viciousness, a lot more of the media like picking up on it and talking about it. Why do you think it's seems like like, Har- it's, like Harvey Weinstein? Yeah, like Harvey Weinstein. Well, actually, a better uh, example is like Kevin Spacey. Oh, like what happened know, to the Kevin Spacey thing? thing. I think, sorry to interrupt, but I think it's similar to Harvey Weinstein and the fact that there have been rumors about Harvey Weinstein for years and years and right. years, and no one did anything about it right. because they were scared for their careers yeah. or there was money involved, there was power. Mm-hmm. I think that often the case with a lot of these stories in Hollywood um, and it took a lot of people coming forward for the, someone to finally be like okay because um, again there were there were rumors for years and years and it, it took that long you know there were so many people who had heard the rumors who were just kind of like oh well that's good to know or um, I'll watch out for him or but no one really stepped up and did anything for a long time. Right. Um, you know, this just came out. And I'm not, I definitely don't hope that there are a lot of more victims. You know, I don't want anyone to be a victim. But I do hope that if there are, right. that this bravery, you know, with Corey opening this, this you know, with yep. Corey Feldman saying what he knows and other people in the documentary say, or not what they know, what they heard, what they believe, um, you know, we can't say anything factual. It's hard to do yeah. that um, again. But but with them saying what they heard, um, that if there are other victims, that maybe this will give them courage to come forward. 
Um, so, I mean, you're you're really close to um, Corey Feldman. Yeah. Um, How's how's he feeling now that this is finally out there? I mean, does he feel relieved? Does he feel any kind of closure? You know, um, admitting you know now what happened to like, one of his dearest friends. I know that you know the whole process of making this documentary was, I think, in a way, therapeutic for a lot of people, myself included, um, because in it this wasn't shown, and it's not about me, but I'm a survivor as well. And oh, wow. so for a lot of people to kind of get things off their chest that they've been holding in for such a long time that they were scared to say and admit um, is absolutely a relief. I think it's, you know, it just happened and we're still experiencing, you know, I'm sure you heard that there were a lot of issues with the streaming service. A lot of people that bought tickets, it was it was the first night yes. hacked. Um and that was confirmed by the service that it was hacked. It was hacked. Um, so you think you think it was somebody that um, tried to do like a denial of service or some kind of attack to keep people from like seeing the truth? That seems. I mean, that's what I would guess. Yeah. I had to guess anything. There Any guess as to who? Been <clears throat> do you have a guess as to who I might have? The main, I mean, the concern right now is you know Corey still feels bad that there are people that bought tickets that haven't been able to see it. We're still trying to resolve that. We're still all, you know, the the actual, the, the DGA, the screening, when this happened, it was such a stressful night. You know, it wasn't, we thought we'd be able to sit down and kind of, the film would start, kind of breathe a sigh of relief. We'd go to the rainbow room after and not, you know, celebrate is not the right word to use, but just kind of be right. with everybody who was part of it, who came to support. And when this happened, there was just such a feeling of like defeat and they're winning, and shock, silence in the theater. Corey didn't know if he even wanted to show it to the 600 people who showed up. There were press, there were celebrities, industry people, co-stars that had shown up for this, and we didn't know what to do. And it was Rosanna Arquette who stood up when none of us, when we were all just shocked, and she was like, you can't be silent. You have to show this. You, ha- you know, you can't let them win. And that's just like her... I mean, she is a soldier and a warrior, and, and she, I think, gave us a lot of strength when we needed it, and the show went on that night, and we worked very hard yesterday with the streaming service to put it on a 24-hour loop today to, you know, help people see it. That So we're still dealing with that and wanting to make people who bought tickets not feel frustrated and be able to see that. So, yeah, it had to be stressful because um, I was trying to watch it. I don't think it's fully come yet but mm. hopefully it's coming. Yeah, it is definitely stressful. I was trying to watch it the first night and, and couldn't log on. And then, you know, and you see everybody in the in the comments of like, you know, social media, just like, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of them bashing Corey or whatever, yeah, which had to be initially disheartening. People, yeah. people were thinking yeah. it was a scam. Right, and, right. Know, like and so I really felt bad yeah. for um, for Corey having to deal with all this, you know, especially on such a big night, you know, and then this is, mm-hmm. has been like, you know, Pretty much, kind of, kind of like a lifetime, you know, work right here of like exposing this, and then dealing with, um, you know, getting turned on by people, you know, due to this attack. I mean, it's crazy, and there's so many people that just don't understand what it took. You know, people are like, "Why didn't you just put it on YouTube? Why didn't you just, you know, we?" He couldn't find a distributor. People were scared to break it or didn't want to for whatever reason. So he literally paid for the bandwidth of the streaming. Oh, wow. service so that people could oh, see it and the streaming service assured us that the site wouldn't crash. We did it that many times. You know, we did 
think of having you try to think of what could go wrong. But he also, I mean, he paid a million dollars to have this insured. Oh, jeez. Um, you know, there's there was a lot of legal and so many things that went into this. Mm. Um, you know, again, it was always easy, easy, you know, for Corey Feldman to name his abusers to say what happened to him. But to talk about what happened to someone else and someone who's not here, um, and especially, you know, to show what was shown about Corey Haim's mom, it was very important that there was as much, you know, support that could be found to, to go along with this. You know, at the end of the day, you know, people can watch and make up their own minds. That's what we want. We want a discussion because we can't say for certain that any of this happened. All we can do is present the information that's had and to the best that we can. I think that the director, Brian Herzlinger, did such an amazing job. Oh, definitely. And it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't just, um, you know, it wasn't just Charlie Sheen. I mean, there was like a, um, a, a lot of abuse going on around that time to, to both Haim and Feldman, you know, and, and Feldman really detailed about him getting drugged and like um, yeah. and raped by um, his um, was it kind of like a handler, like a child handler. Yeah, so there was John Grissom, who was who was like a, a handler. Then there was the you know Alfie Hoffman and right. the Soda Pop Club. Yeah, and then mm. um, I mean. You know, and, and Corey Feldman did introduce Corey Haim to Dominic Brescia, and that's something that he feels guilty about, but at the same time, he was 14 years old also being abused, so. Wow. Yes, wow. but there that's was crazy. a lot of abuse that was going on, and as we saw from Ricky Garcia's brave interview, it's still going on. Now, I was curious, if now you mentioned the you know, the issues with the, paper, uh, the screaming, uh, has... has has a documentary been shopped to like major networks? Because I know a lot of documentaries have done really well on, on some of those networks, including like Netflix or um, HBO. Obviously, right. HBO did the Finding Neverland um, documentary. And could this also be an alternative um, now that you know there's a lot of buzz for this documentary? Could we see it on another right. platform? Right. So I mean, this is you know Corey has said this in interviews. He did go to Netflix. And they said that they did not want to be the ones to break it, that perhaps after it broke, they could take it in the secondary thing. So Corey's been public about that. I don't know how, how much they like that, but that's what happened with that. Um, Lifetime and A&E was another one that we went to, and they, you know, A&E did the two Corey's, Lifetime right. did the Lifetime movie. Mm-hmm. So it seems, and they did R. Kelly. So it seems like that would be the perfect fit. You know, they they continue with the chapter um they had said they felt it was too much like everything they had done before um so there was some of that you know shopping it around and trying and it it didn't work out um certainly now that it is broken and that people have seen it you know we don't know what next steps are but you know i mean we want people to be able to see it and for the conversations to continue so right certainly a possibility for the future and how's how's Corey feeling about like I, I know that um in recent recent years he's you know beat up his security around him like I, I know he had that 
incident where he was um, stabbed. Stabbed by a needle, right? Yeah, now. yeah. Like, how's he? How's he doing with that? Like, That's I mean, messed it, up, dude. Has he had any more other <clears throat> like um, close calls or any kind of like harassment or anything? Yeah. So a few days leading up to the, the documentary, um, this it's all so crazy that if I didn't live it, I wouldn't believe it. But there was a group of these people that called themselves the Wolf Pack because it was led by this man named Bobby Wolf and just a group of these people who made these YouTube videos and all these horrible posts online. They made fake accounts. They were harassing Corey. They were, you know, I mean, some of the posts are shown in the documentary, but things they were saying were so horrible. There were death threats saying the wrong Corey died. Oh, Um, God. Oh, and Judy Hayne yeah, knows awful. these people. She was in chat rooms with these people. She was asking some of them to make videos. Um, but anyway, they, they basically spent a very long time and still continue to um, try to discredit Corey and, and do whatever they can to... I mean, they were calling, you know, I say this in the film, they were calling social services to have his son taken away. They were harassing Child USA the nonprofit organization that he's national ambassador for. Wow. Um, so um, a few days ago, there was um, a, a poster dropped off on Corey's doorstep at his home that said Wolfpack on it. Um, Damn, and that's scary. members of the Wolfpack were bragging on Twitter that they were going to try to hack it. We don't have proof that it was them, but they would at least like to take credit for it. Wow. And why are they so um, against so, I mean, Corey Feldman? Just for trying to release this information? Well, I mean, you know, Judy Haim has, ver- has been very much against having this put out. She's always denied that Charlie Sheen had anything to do with molesting her son. Um, these people are Corey Haim fans. They talk to Judy, and they believe her. And oh, God. Wow. You know, and and when I first started with Corey Feldman, I said to him, because he told me from the the day that we started working together, um, and he knew about my relationship with Corey Haim, but he told me this, like, pretty much from the day that we started working together, that this is what he was told. And um, it's been eating him, eating away at him what to do with this information for a long time. Um, and at first I said, I said, this isn't your story to tell. Judy Haim is a mother who lost her son and we have to respect that. Um, that's like the worst thing that I can imagine happening to a mother or father. Um, so for a while he was just doing his music and touring. And, um, when we saw these chat rooms and, and Judy Haim talking to these people about making these videos and discrediting him. It, it really changed the way that I viewed her. It took a while for me to believe that she would have anything to do with that to someone, you know, her son was friends with for so long, who had been abused, who looked at her as a mother figure. It was just really hard to wrap my head around until I saw with my own eyes these chats and these screenshots. Um, wow. But then when, when Me Too, when the Me Too movement happened, and all of a sudden, all of these people were saying, because Corey Feldman has been saying what happened to him 
for a very long time. He told the police, right. you can see the interview where Barbara mm-hmm. Walters shut him down. He's been saying this for a long time, and no one's been listening. Yeah, he said it during and the Michael Jackson investigation. Yeah, I'm sorry. He said during the Michael Jackson investigation, he told him like because they wanted to try to to like say or try to find out if Michael Jackson molested um, Corey Feldman. Right. Corey right. said no, Michael but Jackson didn't do this to me, but he who did do this to me. And they totally ignored and that. They did not care. Right. I mean, it's, it's insane. It. And he said it to other people. He's got. He's still talk, work, trying to get the LAPD to do something. And then, like I said, there's that interview with Barbara Walters where she completely shut him, shuts him down. Right. No one listened, and then when Me Too happened, all of a sudden, people started saying, well, maybe maybe what we should listen to Corey Feldman. Maybe what he's been saying does have some validity to it. Um, and when that happened and people started asking and wanting to listen, um, it seemed like it was, cause, you know, I mean, Corey Feldman has always stood behind that he made this promise to Corey Haim that he was going to tell his story if Corey Haim died, and... He didn't really think that Corey Haim was going to die. He hoped Corey Haim would be able to tell his own story. Um, but, you know, it just seems like when all of this happened with Me Too, that if there was ever a time for him to do it, it was now. This is when he had to do it. Uh, can, can I get a little more, I guess, uh, information on, I guess, maybe what... Corey has said in the media, but also maybe you on a personal level about his relationship with Michael Jackson? He's only ever said to me that um, Michael Jackson was respectful and gentle and um, could relate to him. Um, You know, they could relate to each other. He, you know, he had... Corey Feldman had horrible parents who abused him, who were mean to him, um, and and Michael Jackson was so famous, had been through so much. You know, he actually thought of like you know when when things got crazy with his family, and he would go to Michael Jackson's. It's almost where he felt a sense of normalcy because um, he just felt like Michael Jackson got him, and and so. Um, that's, you know, that's all he said. He never experienced anything. He never witnessed anything. Mm-hmm. He stands by that. Um, and, and he but prob- certainly as an advocate for victims, you know, it, he has to fight for every voice to be heard. Okay. So he wasn't buying the Finding Neverland documentary. He wasn't buying what the uh, Chuck and uh, um, I, Wade were I saying. Mean, you know, it's it's with leaving Neverland. I think it's hard because Michael. You know, when Michael Jackson's being accused, it's not like his. So he's not here to defend himself. Mm-hmm. He's not going to. You know, he's he's not. He's he's passed away. So there's no chance of him doing this to anyone else. Right. So, um, you know, whereas the people in this documentary, many are still alive and could still do this to other people. Um, there was no chance for that, and it was also important for Corey Feldman in his documentary to try to show as many sides as he could. Right. Leaving Neverland, the director admittedly said it was one-sided. One side. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. No doubt. So, I mean, those are are the main 
issues. I I don't want to speak for Corey Feldman. Those are the issues that I had with it. Right. Um, right. And, and, but, and like, here's why I believe um, Feldman and believe... Gonna, um, he's not going to try to discredit any victims um, no. or say they shouldn't be heard. He's, right. He's not going to do that. Um, but he did, you know, when asked about it, you know, he, I mean, he can only speak to his experience. Right. And his experiences with Michael Jackson were not that. Yeah, and... and and here's why I believe Corey Feldman and believe the stuff about Corey Hames because um, some people online are like, oh, they say like Corey Feldman's just doing it for publicity for his own career or whatever. I mean, if Corey wanted to say anything at all, he would have just said like, oh, Michael Jackson molested me and like lied about it and would have got a, a ton of attention for that, you know? So so that's why I definitely believe what he's doing now because he has nothing to gain from this, you know? And in fact, he, it, he does it. He actually had a lot to lose. Right, it, it might kill his career. Um, you know, I mean, he could have lost. He put every, all of his money, everything he had into making this film. Um, he didn't know if he was going to get it back, if he was going to sell tickets. He just knew he was going to get it out there. He has had his life threatened. He's been genuinely afraid, um, and been, and without even the threats. I mean, the, the things that these people say to him on a daily basis are so horrible, and it extended. To his fans, they harassed his fans. They were mean, even to me. They tried to get me fired. They said mean things. I mean, oh wow, it was oh my God, it God. was rough and, and it was awful. So no, this wasn't something that he wanted to do for publicity or, um, you know, he doesn't. You know, again, when I first started with him, we weren't going to talk about Corey Haim at all. Um, we mm-hmm. were just going to focus on his music. Interviewers would always ask about Corey Haim because they're forever linked. Right, right, right. Um, but, but no, I mean, he's, you know, I've obviously known and worked with him for a number of years now, and he's, I've never, he's never lied to me. I've never found anything, like, ever an instant where he's been dishonest. I've only ever known him to be honest and loyal and have a really good heart. No, we don't always agree. Um, <laughs> you may have seen an LA Times article where we definitely didn't agree. Um, but <laughs> but I always know, and I think he always knows with me. You know, his heart—he has a really good heart. His heart is always in the right place. So, you know, I I never not believed him. Right, right. And, and it was crazy. Is like and you he's never given me any reason to doubt it or to think he had any other motive other than getting justice for his best friend. Right, and, and why pick Charlie Sheen out of anybody, you know, if you're going to lie? There's a number of people that were told the same story. Corey Feldman detailed it in the documentary. It's, it's pretty graphic and right. very hard to watch. And Corey Feldman is not the only person that heard that those exact details. Um, and again, the rumor has been circulating for a while so when a number of people are told the same thing and yeah. the rumors don't die you do have to wonder maybe there's something there maybe we should investigate this mm-hmm. and again when you look at the things that have come up and that are resurfacing with charlie sheen and other things he's done and things he has done to women because he has done bad things to women too right um i think possibility that he's hurt people and could continue to hurt people is real wow 
Yeah, and it was crazy. You, okay, so you watch you watch like Corey Feldman, Corey Haim in these movies. You watch you watch Lucas growing up, you know, and you watch like The Goonies, and you watch Dream a Little Dream, and um, and, and you watch License to Drive, and all these um, you know, Stand by Me, all these great movies, and you're like these two these two kids have it made in life. I mean, they had the easiest life, you know. They're they're yeah. rich, they're famous, they're, they're going to these parties, you know. They're always on TV, they're always in movies, they're in hit movies. And you think they have yeah. everything set in life. You don't know any of this kind of stuff going on behind the scenes for years. Right. Yeah. You know? It, it, I mean, it's, it's crazy. And you see so many actors that started as children that have obviously dealt with severe issues. And you, you know, there's a reason for yeah. it. Um, you know, it, it can't, I think a lot of, not to say they've all been sexually but it can't. It, it doesn't seem like it's an easy life by any means. No, and, and, and you always assume that like people like like these kids on these movies and stuff. You figure like they're like, you know, they have people there like you know watching out for them and the people there making sure nothing bad at all happens, making sure they they do do their schoolwork, making sure they're like, right. you know, working like the right amount of hours. I mean, you don't think that any of this kind of stuff could possibly happen, but then it happened like a lot. Exactly, and you know, one of my best friends is. James Richter, who started Free Willy, and he would say that he never, it never happened to him, and, you know, he, he heard rumors, like anyone else, but his mom was always with him, um, right. never left him alone, was so protective of him, and, and that's, you know, the reason that it didn't happen to him, and, you know, the, the kids that it happened to, and, you know, even with the Michael Jackson allegations, you know, their parents dropped their kids off at Michael Jackson's house for slumber parties. He Mm -hmm. was a famous pop star, but he was a grown man. Right. And, and like Corey says, you know, a lot of the times his parents are working, they have the publicist or the manager, the agent watch them or take them to meetings or they sleep at the agent's house because they have a meeting the next day. And, that's when a lot of this happens, or they go to the parties by themselves, or, um, you know. I mean, one of the great things that's updated um, in the movie, they show Corey going to SAG, but as of now, he's on several SAG committees with a lot of the people from the Me Too movement that are all working together to really make changes about um, protecting everyone, men, women, and children on the set, because... There, the SAG rulebook has not been changed in a very long time. So it's time for some updating, but there are a lot of amazing people on these boards working to do that. Wow, wow. So um, if people still want to see this documentary, can they still um, pay to see it? Um, so as of now, the, the last streaming was at um, 8 p.m. your time. Okay. Um, but... The hope is that there will be other opportunities to see it. Um, we're still yeah. Working, Netflix, you know, Netflix is listening. Know, <laughs> like, yeah, it sounds like something good on Netflix. That people, and especially the people that already bought tickets and didn't get to yeah. see it. That, that's our first priority. All right, but, all right. Um, you know, it's an important documentary that should be seen, and and also. You know, if you watched it, there are calls to actions and, and things people can do. Corey's works with Child USA tirelessly to pass the Child Victims Act in New York to get a rollback here to change the statutes of limitations on sexual abuse because they're 
there shouldn't be one at all. It should be like murder, you know, if you were sexually abused, you should be able to try to get justice at any right. point. Um, but that has not been the case. And so now, there, with this rollback, with these laws, there is a chance for victims who hadn't come forward to be able to get justice, finally. So um, we hope that some of them do take that opportunity and um, and come forward and that, you know, other laws are changed in other states, that these SAG rules get passed, you know, that people watch this and, and do make changes, that parents, if they have children in this industry, change how they, or any industry, just change, you know, make sure that they're really watching their kids, looking for things, you know, and working with Marcy Hamilton from Child USA, I've learned so much. And one of the biggest things I've learned is that when you're a victim of, of sexual abuse as a child, it often takes a really long time for you to come forward and, and even process yeah. that. Because at that time, you don't even necessarily know what happened to you. Um, and it often doesn't happen until a person's in their 40s. And especially if you're a boy that was assaulted by another man, that you know, can be even harder to process and to say out loud. Um, so, and then, but by the time you're in your 40s, with the way that it's been, there's nothing you can do. The statutes of limitations was right. done. So, but now, but now it's different. And um, Corey's a big part of that. And, and it's a part of the Me Too movement. And, it's a really a part of the Me Too movement, you know, um, what's happened. It is, uh, and Corey's new movement is, not that new movement, because they both, there's room for both. Both right. are so important. But his is kids too. Yeah, um, but when you go into pedophilia, that's a completely yeah, that's crazy, horrible, horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, kids, kids really. I mean, who needs to be protected more than kids? Right. Um. So. Wow. Hopefully. So Sammy, hopefully wow. This, yeah, hopefully this. You know, it's and, hard. And it's hard to watch. The documentary is hard to watch, and it's much easier to turn away and pretend that this doesn't happen. Yeah. But. But we can't because that then nothing's going to change. And um, so as difficult and uncomfortable as it is to watch and acknowledge, it's the only way for people to get outraged and for things to actually change. There you go. Well said, Sammy. Sammy, wow. Sammy Warrens, guys. Yes. Publicist extraordinaire of Corey Feldman. <laughs> and, of course, uh, we uh, enjoyed Corey's show. I think it was last year uh, at the uh, at Ramshead. At Ramshead, so yeah, a couple years ago. Oh, good. I know. He just wanted to do his music. So hopefully we'll come back into that. town, and 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 hopefully this this won't leave a dark you know path to you know. Hopefully yeah. he still has he won't you know anything traumatic can cause yeah. you know can affect somebody's career. So we hope something like this doesn't affect Corey's career, you know, and, and then yeah. he can... You know, I mean, he's actually started to get some offers to, to work, so hopefully there will oh, be good. more acting. Well, there you go. Um, the song at the end at the end of the credits of the movie, which is called You Are Free, Corey wrote and sang for Corey Haim and, and just recorded that recently for the movie. Oh, so, that's cool. um, so there will be more. There will be more music. There will hopefully be more acting. But and there yes. will definitely be I'm more st- activism. I'm still waiting for that Goonies sequel, Sammy. No, well, I don't that, know. I don't. I, that I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think they might ruin it if they do that. <laughs> um, but but no, and it's, and you know, Corey is. You know, this wasn't just a movie for him. This is, 
you know, like a new mission. He's going to continue his work with SAG. He's going to continue his work with Child USA. Um, that's become an important, a really important part of his life as well. Yeah, and we, and we had the 35th anniversary of the Goonies this year. Oh, I mean, Goonies yeah. never say die. Yeah. That's <laughs> definitely been yeah. tested, but... And sadly, it's been the 10-year uh, death anniversary of Corey. Corey yeah, Daniel. which was yesterday. Yeah, yeah yesterday was the 10 yes, years, so... Yes, that was, um, you know, we premiered the documentary on the eve of his 10 year, the 10-year right. anniversary of his death, and uh, continued, um, and, you know hard but i mean you know i don't i you know i struggle with the best way to honor him but i think you know like i said this you know i mean the cory Haim that i knew was so, such a sweet genuine person who would never want a child to be hurt right. um he would want them to be protected right so and he did i mean i believe that he struggled, he was tortured, he, but he told me things. That, um, and so I, I believe that he did want his story to be told and that he did want justice. And that that's why he told not just Corey Feldman, but multiple people, because he wanted someone to say, this isn't okay, this isn't your fault, and we're going to, and you're going to get justice. And so I hope he's, you know, watching up in heaven with his dog, and anyone else he's loved and lost and is feeling some sense of peace. Oh, yeah. Those are, those are uh, very nice words for Corey Haim. Um, yeah, definitely follow, follow Corey Haim on Twitter or Facebook to keep abreast of all the news and hopefully they, um, what? You mean Feldman on Twitter. Oh, for, yes. sorry, Corey Feldman. Yeah, <laughs> Corey Haim, yes. I don't think <laughs> he's on his yeah, Twitter. Corey Feldman is, is, will be posting multiple Yeah, Heyman hey, had MySpace, maybe not Facebook. Yeah. Uh, So now there you go. time to, to honor him on his 10-year anniversary and the yeah. movies that you love if you, yeah, but, if you got to meet him. Um, but yeah, if all Feldman to keep abreast of any kind of like, um, you know, feature showing of this documentary because it's definitely yeah. uh, very powerful and um, something that people should uh, should watch. Right. Absolutely. Well, we will mm-hmm. all, you know, as a publicist, we will be doing our best to yeah. keep everyone posted and also if anyone listening to this did buy tickets and didn't get to see it um, because it didn't work we are we've got you we'll figure it out awesome all right they got it they got it taken care of sammy thanks so much for calling below the belt show if you're ever back in maryland come in studio we're here every wednesday yes i will be back because my family is still there <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly mazel 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 uh, <laughs> all right well thanks thank for calling in for Thank you for having me and for supporting Corey. Of course. Thanks, Sammy. Have a good night. Bye, guys. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.